0: No weapon formed against you. Every voice raised up to accuse you will be silenced. And then it says, this is all the book. My vindication comes from God. And then it says, like in a very almost spiritually like swaggy attitude, like a boss, it says, and these are the benefits of those that serve him. Somebody prays like you have all the benefits. (laughs) Worship like you have all the benefits. Somebody shout out to God. Step out like you have all the benefits. That's why you you need to rise up this week. We were preaching in different cities on the book tour, and the Spirit of God, Jason, was with me, and we saw God show up mightily. Just the Spirit of God just unleashed and then just. No weapon. No weapon. And I mean none. I sense the Lord. None. No weapon, no weapon. I hear the Lord just keep. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. No weapon. Growing up, I remember at a moment just like this, when you felt God just, there are moments, there are moments where God just says, I want to remind you. I want to remind you that nothing will be able to stop what I already started in you. And and I'm going to pivot, but I just feel like just reminding. What a mighty God. Let me enjoy my moment, man. Just want to remind—I mean, this is where you, where you, where you get up and look at your circumstance and go like, "You, you, you, you think you're gonna keep me in a fetal position?" You think you're gonna keep, you, you think you're gonna see me for the rest of my life going? All of a sudden, even when even with tears in your eyes, you just get up and you say and you say, What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. And then you say, Angels heaven and earth. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God I only want you to praise him if you serve the mighty God. I only want you to praise if you serve that God. Angels bow before him. I said angels. I feel like running right about now. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth. Adore him. What a mighty God. Somebody say, "What a mighty God!" What a mighty God we say. Look at your neighbor, tell him, "What a mighty God!" Sing yeah. your neighbor, tell him, "You serve a mighty God. God." You serve a mighty God. 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 Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo. All right. Are there any questions? God so this is I feel the Lord this is for you and your family this is for me for you for this church for our community for our generation oh you're about to see an army rise up we're about to go from an audience to an army We're about to transition from being an audience to God's army Watch this, watch it I sense the Lord oh wow oh wow oh wow before you're seated please look at the neighbor you like the most and tell him everything you just heard was for you and then look at the neighbor that you barely tolerate you barely like tolerate that person and tell that person all right you too Wow you. You may be sitting. you may be seated. Hello, City of Refuge, how are you? I sense the Lord, man. Do you sense this? Powerful, Absolutely. right? Powerful. Wow, I just sense the Spirit of God. This is crazy. I don't know what this is. I don't do these things. And you, somebody randomly put that there. Mm. Crazy people in this church. It begins with the pastor. I want to just give you the... We're going to expedite the process in light of the fact that the Dodgers lost. Let's continue now, quickly here. And okay, don't hate. Stop it. What a mighty God we serve. It's okay. All the brave fans, congratulations. Um, here we go. Here we go. I, I want to speak to you. On I sense God. So if, if we flow a little bit outside the norms of the programming, we're just going to flow with the Holy Ghost here. And by the way, whoever prayed for rain, thank you. Could you have told God not on Sunday? (laughs) You want to be more specific when you pray? (laughs) But thank you. Hmm. Actually, I was Pastor Ava. I was this morning. We're driving up here, and she goes, Lord, we're praying. praying." I'm not making this up. She actually did this. Lord, we're praying for rain. We were praying for rain to end the drought in California. But not on Sunday, Lord. Not on Sunday. (laughs) Thanks, Pastor Ava. Thank you. First Kings, chapter 17. We began a series, which is the theme of this week's conference. Y'all don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes later on, but it's just going to be a life-changing conference here. When heaven starts, hell cannot stop. And we've been preaching on this now for a number of weeks. The life of Elijah. Subsequently, we will cover Elisha. But what a story of a man who dared to speak up in his generation. What a story of a man who had enough courage to confront some of the most evil people to ever inhabit this planet. Real bad people. They were full of the devil. Completely. They were evil. That's not my wording. Are you judging the pastor? Saying No, the word of God says they were evil. Wow. Things are evil. You know, things are really evil when the devil says, well, that person's evil. I mean, that's, this is, whoo-hoo, that's how evil they were. Unbelievable. And this prophet dares to confront them, and we learn that when you proclaim it, God will protect it. So you have to open up your mouth and make proclamations upon your children, your children's children, your community, your generation, and even your nation. And God will protect it, but protection does not arrive until you first proclaim it. And that's the subject. We also learned that he, that God will provide for you with ravens. That God will use unusual means to provide for you. And even the things that are naturally created to do you harm, God will change the configuration, the algorithm, the programming. Where the very thing that naturally will cause you harm will end up blessing you. So God has the power to command that everything that comes your way must end up blessing you. How many believe that? Can you just repeat that after me? Everything that comes my way, the good, the bad, and the ugly has no other choice but to feed me, but to bless me, but to push me to my greatest season. If you believe that, now give God praise for the ravens. So this man makes a proclamation to Ahab. He goes to Ahab and says, no more rain. And then God says, all right, hide. He's hiding because Ahab and Jezebel have, in essence, said, all right, this guy is now exiled. That's the phrase. So he's put away. Jezebel wants to kill him. How do we know that? The next chapter reveals it. The next chapter tells us that Jezebel deliberately came after his friends, Elijah's friends, and killed them. We're going to kill your friends. We're going to kill anybody like you. Whoever speaks truth, you prophets, always speaking God's truth, we're going to kill you. So they killed him. And then Elijah says, you're killing my friends. They're all dead. He hid a group of them in a cave. He even got to the point going, am I the last one left? So this is crazy. God tells him, listen, go, go. I'm going I'm I'm to take care of you. And uh, the ravens will feed you. And by the way, you're going to drink water from the brook. So let me make it legal so you can, know. You can tell I'm not making this stuff up. 1 Kings 17, verse 5. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Karif Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, somebody say, after a while. After a while. The brook dried up. Yeah. What in the world? This doesn't even make any sense to me, because if God told them to go to the brook, and then the brook what? Yeah. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> How in the world Go to the brook, son. I'm gonna take care of you. You go to the brook, and after a while, the brook what? It makes no sense. But it was God who told them. But then the brook ended up what? And why? That's the name of the message today. When the brook dries up, why did the brook dry up? If God told them, doesn't this cause like a conflict? Isn't there an issue, some tension here? How can the brook dry up when God told them go to the brook? How can it dry? Does it make sense? So I just want to tell you, why did the brook dry up? Anybody know? Who said that? That's it. Elijah prayed. So when you're reaping the consequences of your own prayers, don't blame God. When you tell God to remove people from your life that would stop your destiny, and all of a sudden those people are no longer in your life, don't come back to God and say, why why aren't they there? And God's going to say, the brook dried up because you said no more rain. You reap the consequences of your prayers. Careful what you pray for. Be careful when you make crazy prayers like, I want to be like Jesus. Oh, really? You really want to be like Jesus? You want to hang around a group of friends where one of them ends up denying you. The other one will curse you in your most difficult hour. They couldn't even pray for you for an hour. And then you end up crucified, but praise the Lord, you resurrect. You really want to be like Jesus? Careful what you pray for. And like when... Pentecostal and charismatic churches pray, Lord, send your fire. You have no idea what you're praying for. Lord, send your fire, because I want to dance. I want to go to God. And they have no idea the fire in the Bible has nothing to do with you dancing, jumping, or screaming. If you really want fire, you know what the fire does? It makes you get on your face in repentance. The fire of God makes you get down on your knees because the fire of God is the sanctifying, purifying fire. When God sends his fire, it's not to make you comfortable. It's to forge you into everything he ordained for your life. Be careful for the consequences of your prayer. I want to remind you the brook does dry up. What did Elijah do when the brook dried up? The prophet could have stayed at the brook because that's where God provided in the past. The prophet could have said the following, God, I'm not going anywhere. You told me to go to the brook. So I'm not going, I demand you provide for me right here. But the prophet understood that if God provided over here, he can provide over there. Simply stated, the God that provides when the brook is flowing is the same God that provides when the brook... I'm going to preach to somebody here whose brook has dried up. The enemy's objective is to make certain that you stay looking at a dry brook. Waiting at a dry brook. Dehydrated at the dry brook. There are people where things dry up and they stay there, just watching. Oh no, but this is the place. Oh no, this is the or, this is the relationship. This is the resource. This is the job. And the brook has dried up, and you stay there. Oh, and the brook, and the brook, and you're dehydrated. Oh no, but no, no. But God originally told me He was God. Oh, but the oh, and you're and then, and you're dying looking at a dry brook. There are spiritual brooks, relational brooks, financial brooks, interpersonal brooks, mental brooks. There are emotional brooks. They represent seasons, conduits, systems, surroundings relational structures. Here's the word of the Lord for you on this rainy Sunday in Northern California and you streaming around the world, especially you in Stockton and Lodi. Don't, don't stay stuck looking at the dry brook. Let me say it one more time. Don't stay stuck looking at the dry brook. Don't stay stuck posting about the dry brook. And there are some people that die looking at the dry brook because they want to prove someone wrong. Let me repeat that. Many people die looking at a dry brook, dehydrated, because they want to prove someone wrong. If I leave, people are going to think I failed. If I leave, people are going to think God stopped providing for me. Don't die looking at a dry brook trying to prove someone wrong. And a matter of fact, here's a word for someone. Do not live to prove your haters wrong. Do not live to prove your family wrong. You don't live to prove you are the proof. No, you missed it. I said you are the proof. Your testimony is much more powerful than your trauma. No, let me repeat that. What Jesus did for you is greater than what hell did to you. What Jesus did for you is greater than what life did to you. What Jesus did for you is greater than what you did to yourself. But He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. Repeat after me. My testimony, my testimony. is greater than my trauma. Say it like you believe it. My testimony is greater than my trauma. Where I am going to is greater than what I went through. Ladies and gentlemen, your life is proof that the devil is a liar. No, you missed it. I kid you not. Your life is proof that the devil is a liar. Because according to the devil, some of you shouldn't even be here right now. According to the devil, some of you shouldn't even be here right now. Some of you should be in jail right now. Some of you should be getting high right now. Some of you should be recovering from last night's hangover right now. Some of you right now should be six feet under. But guess what? It may be raining outside. But you are in God's house right here, right now, lifting up the name of Jesus. Why? Because your life is proof that the devil is a liar. Your life is proof that God's promises are yes somebody prays like your life your testimony that's why Revelation 12 11 says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony the same God the same God I love I say a 58 verse 8 has been my marker verse for this year I've stated this on multiple occasions on my postings but it is powerful it talks about God will push you to another place. When this dries up, he'll push you and he'll he'll have your back. He'll tell you, look, this may have ended here, but over here, I got you. Move. Don't stay stuck. Keep moving. Here's the verse. Your salvation will come like the dawn. Everything that has to be saved in your life will be saved. Somebody repeat after me. "My My salvation will come like the dawn. Everything that has to be saved will be saved. And it says, your wounds will quickly heal. Touch yourself and say, my wounds will quickly heal. Say, the wounds of the ones I love will quickly heal. Matter of fact, I'm declaring by faith that when you step into 2022, all the wounds from the past will be healed in the name of Jesus. Your wounds will quickly heal. I love this. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. So he tells them, go. He tells them to do this. He tells them, ready? The brook dried up. Go over there. What's over there? I want you to go into a city. I want you to go to Sarepta, Right next to Sidon. There's going to be a widow and there's going to be her son. That's going to be your new audience, your new team. I want you to go. Notice, he could have said, go to another brook, but he didn't. He transferred them to a, a complete different atmosphere and environment. Why would he do that? Oh, stop, stop. Tiempo. That's Latin for tempo. Ahab, this is what he did over here. No more rain. No more rain. When he steps over here, upgrade on the anointing. Because even a kid dies. And Elijah, ooh, mm, ma'am, your son, what? He died. Okay. He takes him to the upper room. Always, everything happens in the upper room. It takes him to the upper room. <laughs> A boy who was completely verifiably dead comes back to life. His miracle anointing just increased. There's one thing to pray and it doesn't rain. There's another thing when someone's completely dead and they get resurrected. What, what happened here? Something happened. A shift in his atmosphere. What if I tell you that sometimes the atmosphere stifles your anointing? Okay, let me explain it with a baseball analogy that happened yesterday. There's a player for the Atlanta Braves. His name is Eddie Rosario. He comes from Pastor Ava's homeland where she was born, the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. So just uh, one Puerto Rican in the entire place that yelled. And they're not even Puerto Rican. They're probably like from Stockton, right? Again. <laughs> um, Eddie Rosario is interesting. Eddie Rosario is a player on the on the Braves team who was picked up midstream he was he was on on he was let go there was a trade Eddie Rosario is not the most famous baseball player in the world Eddie Rosario was barely just recently making minimum wage in baseball Eddie Rosario was I'm going to say this respectfully god bless you Eddie he was not let's just say he was a utility player that's code word for a mediocre player he has been to so many teams not the most All of a sudden, he arrives in Atlanta this season. You know what Eddie Rosario just did? Eddie Rosario just broke broke a bunch of records that have existed for over 100 years. He hit. His RBIs in six games, not seven games, in six, more RBIs, the number of home runs, his batting average with people on base. He has done more. He broke, I read the article today on the number of records that Eddie Rosario broke. This mediocre player, supposedly, that was, oh, he was drafted by the Minnesota Twins, 10, 000, 2010, 2011, and he was not even the first round pick. So the, the guy was drafted, not in the first line. He wasn't picked first. He always struggled, struggled. All of a sudden, he arrives in, a, in, in, a, in until you ask Eddie, what happened? What's going on here? What did it? Here's the answer. He finally found an environment that activated the greatness that was inside of him. I'm going to preach to somebody right now. God's about to put you in such a place. He's going to surround you with an atmosphere that will activate the greatness that God has placed inside of you. If you believe that's for you, praise like you know. So God shifted him. He shifted him to this environment, a different environment. And when the brook dries up, this is the final point. When the brook dries up, keep moving. That's point number one. When the brook dries up, point number two. you You're supposed to be three points, but I'm breaking the rule book today. It's only two. Dare to occupy enemy territory. Here's what God said. I want you to go to Sarepta, and, and it's next to Sidon. What is Sidon? Sidon is not any, Sidon is not Galt, Turlock, or Modesto. Sidon is where Jezebel comes from. You all didn't hear it. Okay, watch this here's here is the prophet he makes a proclamation he goes for three years in exile he goes to a brook first dries up and god says i'm gonna take you to the city i'm gonna go over here next over here happens to be jezebel's home turf who does that that's the woman that wants to kill him she killed his friends for, and just to make it legal, it's for king, First Kings 16:31, And she is the daughter of Esbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worship him. So she ends up there. He ends up there where she's from. Now, I'm going to put this in perspective. He ends up being provided for, experiencing a great anointing in the home turf of his enemy. God will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. If you stop looking at the dry brook in your life and you dare to start moving, you're going to see a greater anointing upon your life. You're going to speak to people around you that are dead. They're about to come spiritually back to life. You, you have resurrection. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you now. You have resurrection power. The moment you stop looking at the dry brook and you step into this territory, you're about to do great miracles right in the home turf of the enemy. You're about to occupy enemy territory. I'm going to say it one more time. You're about to occupy enemy territory. Territory. That's what's coming next in your life. Why do you think you've been through the hell you've been through? Because you're about to occupy enemy territory. Sometimes God will permit your brook to dry up so you can occupy enemy territory. Is there anyone who's sick and tired of being sick and tired? And you're saying, you know what? I'm tired of the devil coming after my family. I'm tired of the devil coming after my finances. I'm tired of the devil coming after my health. I'm tired of the enemy coming after my generation i'm about to occupy enemy territory in the name of jesus some of you have been on the defense for too long y'all didn't hear that some of you have been defending your territory for too long god didn't call you to be on the defense god didn't call you to defend he is your defender he called you to be on offense and occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of I am finishing with this. I got to talk to you, and I need to talk to you a little bit, just briefly, about this Jezebel lady. She bad. She nasty. And I mean, na- the word "nasty." You Google "nasty." There's a picture of Jezebel going like. Did you see that? Y'all want to take that again? No. Too much? A bit too much? Didn't know? Uncomfortable? Awkward? Leave it right there. We'll leave it right there. Jezebel's nasty. Pastor them. where are you? 1 Kings 21-25. There was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab, and it was Jezebel who incited him. The Bible says this guy was bad, and who, who's, who, who's the one that provoked everything? His wife. What? She was bad. She killed so many prophets. She killed the people who spoke God's truth. I, I got to do this real quick. I was zooming with Robert Morris. It's one of my elders, one of my closest friends, pastor at Gateway, and I love Pastor Robert. Again, I love him dearly. And we were talking about the book, *Persevere with Power, and, and Robert says, hey, hey, Sam, by coincidence, Robert is teaching on Jezebel at the same time I'm teaching about Elijah, Elijah, and Jezebel. By coincidence. And then, he's, and then we talk and we go, do we know, you know there's a bunch of other pastors at this level who are teaching the same thing at the same time? Around the world, some of the most influential pastors, God has told them, activate the Elijahs. We never called each other. We never went like, hey, guys, what do you think about a global teaching series? Some of the most influential voices around the world, from South Africa to Australia, New Zealand, Europe, Africa, they're preaching on this. It's time to activate the Elijahs. Do you know why? You know why? Because that witch, that spirit, that witch, right, that witch, I called it by name. Pastors shouldn't be talking like that. Oh, get over yourself. Jesus overturned tables. The Jezebelian spirit is a witch. She is an evil spirit. Right now, she's on the face of the planet doing whatever she wants. She is the leader of the cancel culture. If you don't, uh, if you don't adhere to her orthodoxy, she will kill you. She will silence you. She will de-platform. You know, I am sick and tired of being politically correct and letting Jezebel do whatever Jezebel wants to do. We are about to see We are about to see a generation of Elijahs rise up with the power of Jesus. I'm here to declare Jezebel will not win in this generation. How many believe that with me? I dare you to high five your neighbor. Tell him she's going down. No, say it like you believe it. She's going down. All right. By the way, you think, you think I'm kidding about this. Integrity is everything for me. My wife can attest to that. I'm obsessed with that, the holiness of God. This message is so hard, what I'm going to share with you in the next four minutes, and then I'll be done. But watch this. It's so hard. So God is my witness, Pastor. Jeff knows. Armando knows. I delivered it this morning. This place broke out. All of a sudden, I went back to my office. I only have the password of my cell phone. Guess what? My message was completely deleted. Deleted. I looked at my phone, I go, nothing gets deleted from my iPhone. I have the passcode. So I went to the notes. If it's deleted, it has to appear in the recently what folder? I went to the recently deleted folder. It wasn't there. Like if the message never happened. You don't think there's spiritual warfare in life, huh? You don't think the enemy wants to stop her to preach? Jezebel. Jezebel's going down. Because the spirit of the Lord is still more powerful than the spirit of Jezebel. Because the spirit of Jesus is still more powerful than the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, uh, Jezebel attacks. Jezebel attacks when we're exhausted. Robert Morris conversation, brilliant. Jezebel attacks. You know when Jezebel attacked Elijah finally? When he, he came down from the mountain. When he he was mentally, spiritually, even physically, he ran against a chariot. No, he physically did. That's equivalent to me running against a Porsche. And I win. He did that in his day. So he would, and then Jezebel threatened him, and he freaked out, got depressed, and went into a depression. He did. He actually hit. Because Jezebel always comes to you when you're weak or exhausted. don't move. I'm going to give you the book. Make sure I'm not making this up. Revelation 2.20. This is the New Testament. This is the word of the Lord. But this I have against you. You tolerate Jezebel. Yeah. The angel of the Lord in the island of Poblos to the Apostle John, show him the last days, talking about Christians. No, you didn't hear that. That's right. not, not about secular people. He's talking to the church. Yeah. Oh, you missed it. Yeah. The Lord says... That in the last days, there will be a group of believers who tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. Not endorse, but tolerate. The wording is, you permit her to be her and do her thing, and you're afraid to confront her. You tolerate her. Let, let me tell you how we, how we, how we do it. This is my book from Survive to Thrive. No time to plug, but here it is. Beautiful book. Hold on a second. Hold on a second here. Page 59. Give me a second here. Give, give, me, give me one more second. Good book. Now it's discounted. But what I just did... Does nothing, not one iota, to push back on Jezebel. This is the Bible. It's the new Spirit filled Bible. So let me do the same thing. No? No? Then why do we live like there are pages missing? I said, Why do we live like there are pages missing? And why do we preach like there are pages missing? And why do we act like there are pages missing? And why do we praise? now our page is missing and why do we worship like now our page is missing and why do we give like now our page is missing and why do we serve like now our page is missing are there any Elijah's in the house stand with me. you're on your feet stand with me we need Elijah's to rise up that will preach the whole word nothing but the word to help us God i may get in trouble i love you so much i love you pastoring you is a privilege but i love him more than i love you what does that mean i have to be obedient to him because i love you with his love i can't deny i can't we have why do we ignore chapters because they are politically incorrect why do we ignore teachings because it's not culturally applicable well why do we ignore certain passages because the now generation will not embrace it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls the only way to defeat jezebel is to preach the word in and out of season is to preach the full gospel is anybody with me in the house it's time to confront jezebel with the word of god the heavens and the earth will pass away God's word will never. All the Elijahs shout in the house. Stand with me. I said that. Stand with me here. You're already on your feet. The Bible says that Christians, good Christians, he may said You've done so much great stuff, it says. Revelation 2, but this I have against you. It even says you take care of the poor. Good job. You do justice. But man, this one thing I have against you, you tolerate that devil. I love you so much. I have, I have no choice because I love my kids and my grandkids and I love you so much. I got to tell you that this book hasn't changed. What the book says about holiness hasn't changed. What the book says about heaven and hell hasn't changed. What the book says about sin and the grace of God that forgives hasn't changed. What the book says about gender hasn't changed. What the book says about human sexuality hasn't changed. Are you with me right now? What the book says about the Father, what the book says about the Son, and what the book says about the Holy Spirit has it changed. Am I preaching to anyone here? That's how we defeat that spirit. Not a, we can't be afraid that Jezebelian spirit. And we do everything. This is not about religion or rancor or hatred. Quite kind of the opposite. Everything we do is truth with love. If we're missing love, I've told you a million times, if all we do is speak truth, we're mathematicians. If all we do is do love, we're hippies. If we do truth with love, we're Christians. That's what makes us unique. But we can't let her win. She cancels, she kills the prophetic and the Spirit of the Lord said, You tolerate it. Lift up your hands. Why do we live like some of the pages are missing? Why do we preach like some of the pages are missing? Why do we pray like some of the pages are missing? Why do we live like some of the pages are missing? Why do we tolerate culture like some of the pages are missing? Why do we permit them to come after our kids like some of the pages are missing? Enough is enough. Let a generation of modern-day Elijah rise up that will preach the word, the whole word, nothing but the word, so help us God. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. You will ask for anything you want, it will be granted. Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is quick, it is powerful. Matthew 24, 35, everything will disappear, but my words will never disappear. I want to remind everyone here with your hands raised, no governmental authority has the power to change the word of God. The Supreme Court cannot change the Word of God. Congress cannot change the Word of God. The White House cannot change the Word of God. There's not a Facebook policy that can change the Word of God. Heaven and earth, we will get up. With your hands raised, I want to remind you here, in your personal life and in my life, we must never sell out the gospel. We must never exchange truth for followers. Sound doctrines for likes and the message of the cross for a message of comfort. No, we must preach the whole word and nothing but the word. Put your hand out for a second. For three years, Jezebel killed his friends, killed them, killed them. That's why he thought he was the only one left was able to hide some in a cave for three years. And then all of a sudden, the next time we see him after he leaves that city, he's on top of a mountain looking at her husband, and this is what he's doing, on a mountain. It's equivalent to doing it right in downtown of all the cameras. All the cameras. And then all of a sudden he looks and says to her husband, you bring your God, I'm going to bring mine. Let's see the real God will be left standing. Do your thing. Go ahead. As a matter of fact, you go first. I'm a gentleman. You go first. Like a boss. Let's see what happens. So he comes out for his greatest hour. Jezebel must have thought that man is either dead or defeated. For three years. Micah 7, 8 says this. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. For though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Some of you, the enemy has, he assumed, you were never going to come back. He assumed you were going to stay defeated in a dry brook, in a fetal position, sucking your thumb in perpetual victimization, going, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. And all of a sudden, you come out and go like, I'm about to shine with the glory of Jesus like never. If that's you, can you raise the roof right about now in this? Somebody shout like you're ready to shine somebody praise like you're ready to shine somebody celebrate like you're ready to shine are there any Elijah's in the house if you got this word your right here when the brook dries up keep moving when the brook dries up Occupy enemy territory. Surround yourself with an atmosphere that will activate the greatness God has placed in you. Ooh. And dare to confront the spirit of Jezebel with the full word, the whole gospel of Christ. I pray this word God to you. Because you are an Elijah. You're an Elijah and some of you are Elishas. That's why you're alive. Heavenly Father sealed this word. He told me to preach it. I preached it. He told me to say it regardless of the consequences from external forces. We did. We will activate the Elijah's by the leading of your spirit. Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered Elijah's will rise up in this generation. Jezebel will be defeated, period. Ahab will be defeated, period. Baal will be defeated, period. For it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, say of the Lord. And we do it with the power of the Spirit of God jesus name if this word if you got all of it raise your right hand and quickly just say this when the brook dries up i will keep moving i will occupy enemy territory i will speak life into my generation and the next generation and i will confront the spirit of jezebel with the full word nothing but the word in the name of Jesus, so help me God. In Jesus' name, now raise both hands. And say, re- repeat after me: Ready or not, Ready or not. Here, I here I come. Now give God your final shout of praise. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan get thee behind victory today is mine somebody say joy is mine joy is mine joy today is mine I told The final one, the final one, peace is mine. Say, Peace, peace is mine. Peace is mine. Peace today is mine. I've told Satan, if peace is mine. I hear the Lord say, Nothing will be able to take away your joy and your peace. Somebody prays like you know it. Somebody prays like you know the word. Worship like every page is in the book. Live like all of His promises.